You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Five Things to Watch. Five things to watch here on KC Sports Network, getting you ready for Chiefs, Patriots. You're going to hear from a variety of different people here on KC Sports Network. Variety of perspectives and things to watch for this game. I'm here with my friends, Maddie Lane and Craig Stout. Very excited to be talking with them about the Chiefs. Look, you know, we know the offensive struggles that this team has had. We know some of the inconsistencies there. The Chiefs has largely been the thing that has, you know, helped this team achieve eight wins to this point. And they're going up against a team that they match up very favorably against because, I mean, well, most teams match up very favorably against the New England Patriots offense. I think we're kind of anticipating a really strong, low-scoring game uh, from the Chief Fence this week, Matty. For sure. I, normally, we try to like work this down to a very specific player or matchup. I don't even think I can be that specific in this game. It's just... The Patriots' offense is so bad, and the Chiefs' defense is so good that it could just be ugly. It could just be an ugly matchup between these two sides. I'd, there are very few areas in which the Patriots have any kind of advantage or any kind of angle that you would anticipate them being able to work long enough that they are able to put points on the board. This Chiefs' defense should be able to shut them down kind of at all levels, the only area or the only way that teams have been able to really punish this Chiefs defense is when they can do a lot of motion pre-snap, get a lot of heavy personnel going and actually run the football. And two out of those three things just don't fit the Patriots. Don't play heavy, but they don't do a ton of motion and they're not really that good at running the football. So it's just, it's really hard to see how this Patriots offense is going to challenge this Chiefs defense, Craig. Yeah, especially when they've got a lot of their primary weapons that are questionable, coming back from injury, is you know, really banged up. So the guys that you might look at as, you know, truly dynamic weapons, you know, Demario Douglas, my guy, a guy like Juju Smith Schuster, Chiefs fans are very familiar with, Fonte Parker. These are all guys that you look at and you're like, well, I can see ways that they could find some success against the Chiefs defense. But then you put on top of that that the that the Patriots banged up for all of those guys. And this Chiefs secondary is playing so damn well right now that there's not going to be a whole lot of space for Bailey Zappi to throw into. He's a guy that likes to hold the ball for a long time too. So C. Spagnola is going to be able to get into his blitz packages, have plenty of pressure on him. And then on top of it, when they turn around and they hand the ball off, the Patriots that is, they are one of the worst teams in the league in a yards per attempt standpoint. And that's with Ramondre Stevenson on the field, which it does not look like he's going to be this week. So that's there's just not a whole lot of things that are lining up for this Patriots offense to have a ton of success against a really good Chiefs defense that matches up with them at pretty much every level in a positive way for Kansas City. You talk about Ezekiel Elliott having like a very good statistical day last week against the the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I mean, if you look at his production, I mean, 3.1 yards per carry, you know, and then also even in the passing game, 10 yards per catch. I mean, that's pretty normal, I guess, with a running back, but it's not like he's getting a ton of, you know, he's not making a ton of explosive plays in the passing game. That's because really no one is. Juju Smith-Schuster had a nice play down the field, but I wouldn't call this an explosive passing offense by any stretch of the word. It's one of the least explosive offenses in all of football. 
they ch- they tend to try to be a more methodical kind of offense up and down the field. They want to try to run the football. I mean, they want to. They're not good at it, but they want to. And they just don't have a ton of guys that are going to be able to make a ton of explosive plays. They don't have a lot of dynamic players uh, in their offense. And like that's just not what they've been uh, with with Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones at the you know at the quarterback position this year, so you know I think this you know I'll be stunned if the if the I mean if I set the over under on half an explosive play over under Matthew, you think they're getting I, one? No, I, I I would take the under for that because and you even look at where this Patriots team like who are their guys that are kind of like the playmakers? Where where did they win? Okay, Pop Douglas. What Pop Douglas is like a dynamic explosive play guy right he's been a little bit more of a kind of like a possessed receiver and he's been good but even if he's in there I feel really good about that matchup with Trent McDuffie like I'm fine with that matchup Juju Smith-Schuster's their best wide receiver overall wide receiver that is healthy right now Legereus Need versus Juju Smith-Schuster again I feel very comfortable in that matchup what are, you, are they gonna throw over the middle of the field and like really I, I just I don't see where this Patriots team has the advantage even their playmakers they do have run into really bad matchups for them against this Chiefs defense. And that's not even talking about like the ultimate trump card. Patriots offensive line isn't good. Chiefs defensive line and pass rush is. If the Chiefs get any kind of lead in this game and you let Steve Spagnuolo really start to pin his ears back and throw a lot of different looks at a Bailey Zappi who wants everything to look picture perfect, everything perfectly on time, play after play. I just don't see what this offense can bring to the table. It is really going to challenge the Chiefs. They don't have an offensive line that should be able to hold up against this Chiefs defensive front. That's usually the ultimate equalizer, and the Chiefs have the advantage there too. So it's just it's hard to find the angle in which the Patriots come out of this game and scare the Chiefs defense, and I would take the under on the explosive play proposition because, again, I just don't see the matchup where it happens. I'm there too. Like this Patriots office just can't even get anything going. Like uh, people are hanging on the fact that they put up 21 points against the Pittsburgh Steelers this past week. They still had negative expected points in negative EPA on the day. They've had 10 games this season where on the day they had negative EPA. Only three times this year have the Patriots come out of a game where it's like, hey, the offense had something positive to bring to the table. It's just not something that they do well. It's not something they do well consistently. They are a three intent. They are a losing football team right now that doesn't have a whole lot to play for, that doesn't have a whole lot, especially going for them on offense right now. And with all those guys banged up, not a whole lot of solutions out there on the table. There's just not a whole lot that I'm looking at right now against a hungry Chiefs defense that wants to show they're not going to start slow and they are ready for primetime football. And, you know, in January here, this is the type of game that I just think is going to be a feast for the Chiefs defense against a bad New England Patriots offense. The New England Patriots have scored over 21 points twice this season. They're 2-0 and in those games, though. Just so you know. Uh, over under amount of points that the Chiefs offense needs to score to win this game, Matthew. Real quick. Oh, I mean, like, if push comes to shove, we've seen it. Six is more than enough. <laughs> All right, Craig. I was going to be kind. I'm not going to dunk on them too much. Seven and a half. Okay, so they, that's, okay. that's what they got to do. So go for a touchdown. I think, go for two. That should be enough. 
I think if the Chiefs score 14, there's no way they lose the game. Like, right? I think if there's 14, I I think there's an, like almost no way, and no no way they lose the game if they can score 14 points. Um, that's how confident I am in the Chiefs' defense versus the Patriots' offense. Final question here: Does the Chiefs' defense outscore the Patriots' offense in this game? Go. F- I'm gonna go no. I don't think the I mean the Chiefs haven't been great about turning the ball over, and I think they're just going to dominate rather than just turn the ball over a ton. So, I'm gonna yeah, go. I I'm I'm in line there. The Chiefs don't force a lot of turnovers on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they play great defense. They just don't force a ton of turnovers. Bailey Zappi is willing to turn the ball over, but it, like he doesn't do it in the pick six kind of way. Really, like that's not his mo of turning the ball over. So I I don't I a defensive touchdown seems a little unlikely. Uh, we're going to move this thing along. Sean Barber meets Jason Dunn to talk about Bill Belichick. Hey, man, thank you. This is Sean Barber from The Process. And I got my man Jason Diesel, Jay Dungeon Dog from Chiefs Concern. And we're going to talk to you about our one thing to watch when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Patriots. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, the defense is going to be unique. We know it's going to be customized. That's the one thing Bill Belichick does. You never see the same defense week in and week out. He always tries to take away your best weapons. And me and Jason have been going back and forth on both of our shows, Mind the Process, his show, Chief's Concern. And I think equally, we think that the one thing we're definitely going to see is we're going to see some unique coverages on the back end trying to make Patrick Mahomes hold the ball. So, yeah, so we know that Bill Belichick, okay, is going to have, you know, the the nickel guys in. And I think a lot of it is going to be spy Patrick Mahomes. And he's going to drop seven and maybe eight in coverage uh, and rush three. And then have that spot. So he's going to make it very difficult. He's going to make it very hard for Sir Patrick to have some easy windows to throw the ball to. Uh, what's been working against uh, our offense is doubling Travis Kelsey. What you got to do, and we know Bill Belichick's going to do, he's going to make sure and reiterate to the guys to beat up Travis Kelsey. He can't be the guy that beat us. And so I know they're going to do a tremendous job, maybe, you know, run, running some lurk coverage, also, too, coming down. Um, but I think our guys on the outside have to win. This is the week to do it. And if they went on an outside shot, we know we got to run the football. And I think the guys up front love running the football, road great in defensive uh, linemen and linebackers. So I think we got to give them that meat too, uh, just to go out there and 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 dominate the defensive line and the linebackers. So uh, it's on Andy. It's on Andy to make sure that we make those calls. Well, I love your point of view. Um, obviously, I, I'm going to ride that coattail. Uh, when the quarterback has a decision, we're counting the numbers in the box. If there is a alert, is there a check with me system? When you have the luxury of taking the five of uh, three to five yards with the running game, even though you think that throwing the ball, you can get 15 to 20 yards, sometimes from a mindset standpoint, just keep keep the chains moving, keep the momentum flowing. Sometimes it's better to get a hard nose running three to five yards than it is to take a 15-yard pass. I'm telling you from a defensive mindset, if you throw the ball over all over the field on us, uh, let's say four or five times and score, when I come to the sideline, I'm thinking to myself, we just got to settle down. We got a chance. We just got to get to the quarterback. We got to make some plays. When the ball is in the air, we have an opportunity. But if you run the ball down my throat 11 to 12 times in a row in a scoring drive, mentally, I'm defeated. Mentally, we come over to the defensive side of the ball. Game's over, guys. If we can't stop them from running the ball, the game is over. And so that's the two different mindsets that comes from running the ball versus passing the ball and how important it is that when they do line up in light packages that invite the run, 
we do take advantage of it. We do make them pay for it. We do take a three-yard run, and because our CEH or Checo, Pacheco or McKinney is so explosive, we explode through those gaps and make them pay uh, for five to seven yards sometimes and just do what we need to do when it comes to the running game. So at the end of the day, I think me and Jason agree. The thing to watch in this game is do the Kansas City Chiefs take advantage of the run situations when they become available? And do we take a small profit to make sure we never take a loss? And with that, this is Sean Barber from The Process, where the process is always greater than what it produced. Back to you. Always great to hear from Sean Barber and always great to hear from Jason Dunn. Those are two of my favorite Chiefs growing up back in the day. Uh, Sean Barber had elite speed on Madden back in the day. And like, who doesn't love Jason Dunn? Come on. All right, let's move this thing along. BJ Kissel's here to talk about one of the hottest topic players from last week, Kadarius Tony. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? BJ Kissel here to talk a little Kadarius Tony. I know he's not maybe the most popular player in Chiefs Kingdom right now, but uh, I'm hoping going into this game against the New England Patriots, I hope they get the ball right back into Kadarius Tony's hands. We've seen that throughout the time that Andy Reid has been in Kansas City when a player struggles, whether it's within a game, drops a couple passes, drops a big one, fumbles the ball like we saw with Rasheed Rice in the game against the Buffalo Bills, get the ball right back in his hands. We've seen a couple of games that Kadarius Tony has struggled, whether it's lining up, dropping passes, obviously the one with the Detroit Lions earlier. But I think we all know this, but it's just another reminder that every good, every situation that a player finds themselves in, whether it doesn't matter how negative it is, they're one good game away from redemption in the eyes of all of us Chiefs fans. And I think it's important to note when you think about Kadarius Tony in his short time in Kansas City, he also had, you know, the greatest punt return in Chiefs, not only Chiefs Super Bowl history, but in Super Bowl history, and that they don't win that Super Bowl likely without him and the plays that he made down the stretch and then in that game specifically. And so rooting for Kadarius Tony during these next four weeks to kind of get his swag back, get the ball back in his hands. I know Travis Kelsey talked about it on his podcast that there might not be a better player, and there likely isn't a better player on the Chiefs roster right now with the ball in his hands to make something big happen than Kadarius Tony. When you look at this Chiefs offense, they need guys who can make big plays with the ball in their hand, especially the way particularly where the offense is going right now. And so I'm hoping we see Kadarius Tony get the ball back in his hands, get him out in space and making some plays. We know that he struggled at different times, but if this is rock bottom for Chiefs in the Patrick Mahomes era, eight and five leading the division, still likely going to play a home game with the two seed likely, and they still may play all of their playoff games at home. Just because Patrick Mahomes hasn't played a road game doesn't mean they weren't the two seed. A couple of years ago in Buffalo lost, they still played all those games at home. So if the Chiefs are going to make a run and do the things that we know they're capable of, of beating the top teams in the AFC, they've already done it with Miami. It's going to take Kadarius Tony, in my opinion, making plays and being one of those sparks. And so no, he's not a player lacking confidence. The guys around him seem, based on what they've said to the media, get the ball back in his hands because they know they only can operate with what they have on this roster right now. And Kadarius Tony is the most explosive player on this roster. So get the ball back in his hands. That's what I'm excited to see in New England and then see all the positive praise and pub after the game from the same, a group of the same fans that have been criticizing him because of his play. They're going to be rewarding him and praising him when he steps up and make plays because we're going to need him down the stretch. All right, Beads, thank you for that. We're going to take a break and we'll be back right after this. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is Tucker Franklin from KC Sports Network. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure to follow us and subscribe for more Chiefs content wherever you get your podcast. 
If you want to support us further, you can shop the latest collection of KC Sports Network merch in partnership with Sandlot Goods. You can find hats, shirts, hoodies, and more at sandlotgoods.com. You can click the link in the description for more information. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. The holiday season can be a very busy time, and it can also be a time of giving to your family or to your community. It can also be a time of a little bit of extra added stress possibly to your life, whether it's from holiday travel, financial stress, or from being around your family that can add extra stress to your life. You might be extra focused on giving to your family or to your community, and maybe losing a little bit of giving to yourself. The holidays are always a great time to give to others, but sometimes it might be better to sometimes focus on yourself as well. So whether that's by starting therapy or going easy on yourself during tough moments, or maybe treating yourself to a day of rest, remember to give yourself some extra love during this holiday season. Therapy can be a great way to give yourself that extra love. It can make you feel grounded. It can help you remove some extra stress, maybe from your life, or help release burdens that you might have. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do, just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash KCSN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash KCSN for 10% off your first month. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Five things to watch here on KC Sports Network, getting you ready for Chiefs-Patriots. We are three things in, and now it's time to get into the trenches. Tucker D. Franklin, take it away, my friend. All right, here we go. We're talking trenches here on Outside the Trenches. Tucker Franklin, Nick Leckie, Big B, Brian Hanley hanging out with you. Let's start with the Chiefs' offensive line. Look, they got a good performance from rookie uh, rookie left tackle Wanya Morris made his first career start. Maybe the PFF grades didn't reflect how good of a start it was. I was impressed with how he played out there and in, in, uh, in, in subbing in for Donovan Smith. Maybe the Chiefs found their left tackle the future, Big B. What do you think? I thought he played well, too. Uh, PFF, I know we've talked about it many times. 
Sometimes the grades are right on. Sometimes the grades don't reflect everything. I thought he did fine. Yeah. Uh, it, it, he definitely didn't play worse than what Donovan Smith has been playing. I know that for an absolute fact. So, And maybe they did find their, their left tackle of the future. Uh, I thought he was physical. Uh, I thought even the plays that he got beat, you know, it was more of, hey, I, I'm not used to the speed because he hadn't been out there all year. It was more that type of thing. But he, he played physical uh, in the run game at the, the point of attack. He was attacking guys. Uh, I, I think the Chiefs may have found something here, man. Uh, I thought he was a fantastic sub, but I think what what's honestly what's killing this whole line is Mahomes. I mean, he looks like he does not want to scramble anymore. He just want to step up in a pocket. He wants to hang back ten yards deep when he gets a, a shotgun snap. And they need to they need to help help the Chiefs out. They need to run the ball more, as you saw that that that's when they eliminated sacks, especially versus Philly uh, when the uh, starter was in. And they also need to uh, Mahomes needs to step up because I think the interior is the strength of this offensive line. It's not the tackles. It's the interior. The, you got, um, you know, the guy from New England, you got Creed, and then you got the guy from Tennessee, Trey Smith. Um, you know, I think that that's a strength, and you need to play that strength. You really do. And that's that's just the way it is. And Mahomes is is kind of the issue in the pocket. His pocket present, he's not Aaron Rodgers right now. Mm-hmm. And like like yeah. Matthew Rodgers or Mister Rodgers, Mister. <laughs> there you go. That's a good one. Yeah, I think it, I think that kind of has to do with maybe not trusting fully the wide receivers, and especially in the scramble drill rules and everything. That we know Patrick Mahomes is going to be very active back there. He's going to bail out of pockets, bail out of clean pockets a lot of times. Um, but yeah, that doesn't help a rookie left tackle, right? Uh, and they're giving him some help on things, but they were already giving Donovan Smith help over there. So it's not like they're going out of their way to help on that side of the ball that they weren't already helping already. Donovan Smith continues to deal with that neck injury that's hurt, that's leaking down into his shoulders. I've I've been told that like once injuries start to lead to other places, once they start somewhere and move other places, that's when you know you're getting old. Um, Donovan Smith getting a little bit of that action there with his with that neck injury going into the shoulder. I think that uh, if they can find if if they feel really comfortable for the rest of the season starting Wanya Morris and they can have maybe Donovan Smith as that backup swing tackle, that could be big. That could be big for this team moving forward. They don't really face a huge challenge, I don't think, on the uh, the Patriots defensive line. There's a couple guys out there, like uh, Big B, you and I were talking about before this started. Matthew Judon, the, the big guy for them, is on the IR. Like that, That's the story of the season for a lot of these uh, teams with these stars that they're on the IR. Keon White, a guy I like to come out. Same thing with Christian Barrymore. They've got a couple guys out there. Uh, Lawrence Guy, another one as well. So they've got some guys on the defensive line that can, that can cause some problems. But Nick, I like what you said about running the ball. If they can do that, I like where they're at in their chances. Uh, but let's flip to the other side. As the Patriots offensive line, put it nicely, is not very good. Uh, they can't protect. They can't run the ball. Can't do a whole lot of anything. And Chris Jones, Big B, has been coming off a, a pretty dang good tear recently of these games. Yeah. Um, the, the Patriots off of the line is just kind of in shambles right now. Uh, the Chiefs should be able to get after the quarterback. Look, they can't run the ball. Uh, really to save their life. Even against a porous run defense of the Steelers, they couldn't run it very well. Steelers kind of mashed them in last week uh, till the end of the game. I suspect the Chiefs, which are much better against the run than the Steelers, I suspect they do the same thing, force them into to a lot of second and long, third and longs, and then they'll just be able to tee off uh, with pass rushing, and I don't think the Patriots are going to be able to hold up. Yeah, um... This game, I I can't leave. Do my research, and you look at the standings, and you go see what's up. And I'm like, 
E. They're really designating people with E now, like no, literally no, no, say, no. hey, <laughs> you're out. Like you're out. You're not even. So this is one of those things where guys are playing for next year. So you never know. These next couple of games, if you're facing New England, they look like a crappy team on paper, but you never know. They might win one for the Gipper because where it is that Belichick is. Correct. Bob Kraft is like, come join me down in Florida. I know some strip malls we can go eat some some food at and you know, ha- ha- have, a, have a good time. So uh, to me, it's like, mm, you know, like this could be scary or this could be like a blowout. You just don't know what you're going to get, but the matchup is not is not there. I don't even know who's playing. I'm I'm a Joe name it. I don't even know who's playing. I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, it's gonna be it's gonna be an issue. I think the the game is always, as we say, one and lost on the line of scrimmage. Chiefs have kind of really controlled the line of scrimmage the last couple of games, but they just haven't had things go their way. Uh, when you talk about other things, uh, unforced errors, other things we'll talk about here. Uh, we've talked about here on five things, but. Looking at it, I, I feel pretty confident about the Chiefs' uh, talent advantage, I should say, on both sides of, of the trenches. I think they have the talent advantage. Curious to see how that will all plan out. George Karloftis has been playing really well. Mike Dana has been one of those guys who's quietly been having a very good year. Karloftis leads the team in sacks. Like I think that's kind of an impressive thing to talk about with how good Chris Jones has been the past couple of years. But we'll see how that all shakes out. Make sure to uh, listen to us more on Outside the Trenches Every Wednesday night at 9 p.m., we are going live. Hang out with us or listen to the podcast after the fact. So go ahead and send it back for more five things. Always good to hear about the trench warfares going on down there. Let's finish this thing out. Only weird games. Joshua Briscoe, take it away. 66% of only weird games with you here, Joshua Briscoe and Seth Kaiser. I think Nate deserves the 34. He gets the extra percentage. You and I both get. I understand that you're a lawyer, not a mather, but... Uh, with that in mind, uh, let's talk a little bit about a player who had a much larger role last week, who's probably going to continue to have a larger role the rest of the season, and uh, may specifically need to do more against the New England Patriots. Because, Seth, in the Chief in the North newsletter this week, you wrote about Shamari Connor, the rookie defensive back who, um, in a lot of ways, seems like a pretty familiar Chiefs project type at this point. Uh, but also, it's going to be really important with Brian Cook out for I, it seems like there's a really good chance he's not coming back this year, but certainly all but one game of the rest of the regular season right, would be like the bare minimum, so I wouldn't hold your breath. But uh, also Mike Edwards being sick this week, game status still TBD, and we'll, we'll see exactly how much he's even playing, even if he's active and maybe doesn't get, to get as much run. A lot of factors there. So what did you see when you cracked open the tape on uh, Shamari Connor? Um, there was a big step forward taken from, you know, he got forced into action in the Packers game. Because, you know, Cook got hurt and, man, the sky was falling. Guys were just dropping like flies. Um, And you could see all season you've been able to see some of kind of the rookie um, gloss on Shamari Connor. Um, That's why he's been used primarily. They've used him out of the slot a little as a blitzer, kind of seeing what he can do there. Um, And he does just fine there, but he's not as gifted a blitzer as as McDuffie or Sneed, which isn't a fair, that's not like, that's not really the standard because those guys are both terrific at it. Like, like, like elite. They might be the two best secondary blitzers in the league. They just happen to be on the same team. But there's a reason they limited him to those roles, and that's because he's a guy who likes to get um, a jump on the ball. He likes to try to jump routes. Um, he, and and that's something you got to kind of 
coach out of someone a little bit to an extent in the NFL. What was really impressive to me was the fact that from what he did against Green Bay to what he did against the Bills, you saw some steps forward, not just in how he was used, which was definitely a step forward because he was used all over the field in a myriad of roles and did pretty well in all of them. Um, but he also performed those myriad of roles. Like just because someone's lining up all over doesn't mean they're playing well. Right. You know, Dan, Dan Sorensen used to line up all over when he was a decent player. And then when he stopped being a decent player, he was still all over the field, man, just not playing well. Whereas Connor, um, they had him at single high safety a couple times. They had him in a lot of two high. They used him as a robber. Obviously, he got picked there with that underneath stuff. Um, they lined him up as a slot man coverage defender on tight ends, and he did really well with that, which is actually one of the things that coming out of college, people were like, that's something he can do. He can actually be a slot guy along with you know, a box safety type. He lined up in the box, showed a, a decent run fit or two. Um, he really did do it all. He took away a couple of uh, of second-place scramble drill attempts by by Josh Allen where you know, he's scrambling around looking for the looking for someone to come open. And, and Connor did a great job picking these guys up down the field and forcing either a throwaway or a scramble a couple times. Really good stuff. And by the way, video clips for basically literally everything I just talked about. And you can find them in the article itself. Um, it's really, really good news, especially with what's happening with the Chiefs' safety depth right now. Um, because he, act, he showed signs, yet yeah, small sample size, of being a guy that you can put out there and can do a variety of things. And you don't have to adjust your normal game plan around him. It's kind of like the the Wanya Morris thing. Um, can you execute your game plan similarly to how you would have if the starter were healthy? And if you can, that's a really positive first sign for a rookie. And, and he, he obviously made a made a big play too. So I mean that uh, that that pick of of Josh Allen just like a just like a little thing. Um, he so he carries the crosser actually follows it a little too far. That That's one of those things that, because the crosser had someone already there with him, he didn't need to keep following that and kind of, you know, go completely across the field. But once he once he saw that the ball was still in the pocket, he looks at Allen, and you can see him looking at uh, the receivers down the field where he can get into the passing lane, and he runs over to get in the passing lane. But here's the thing. He doesn't sprint. Mm-hmm. He, could, he runs in a controlled fashion. And this is it's such a great example of a snap where if you like pause it, like right as Josh Allen is about to start throwing, you'd be like, "Oh, that dude's open." Not in the NFL. Not if someone's. That's why when you're. That's why these screenshots of guys who are wide open. What matters is okay. How are the defenders leveraged? Because if you've got a defender breaking on that, by the time that ball arrives, that dude is ten yards in a different spot. And that's what he did. He basically baited the throw, which was a great. He was a four-year starter in college at Virginia Tech, where they do a pretty good job with uh, getting secondary guys out. Um, and he, it was just a little bit of savvy, right? You don't get too excited. Oh, I got to get in that pass. Because had he done that, Allen holds the ball down, probably takes a sack or runs out of bounds. Um, but you don't get that pick. So there's a little bit of savvy. He showed a little bit of physicality, a little bit of athleticism, a lot of things to like in a small sample size. And now it's kind of like, okay, can you, can you, can you do that again? And maybe just a little bit more this time. And that's what's fun about rookies. Bags talked about the pick on Thursday and, and talked about, like, I took a bunch of notes as he was saying all this. So if anything sounds wrong, blame Spags or my transcribing. Um, he was in man there and, and one of the other defenders cut his guy. He, he came off of him 
and then played with his eyes, which was what he was supposed to do there. Again, first bags. And then he got to the spot there. Someone asked, was like, is, like that a, is that a my job plus kind of play? And, and then he said, really, it's a my job play. I, he, Spag said kind of tongue-in-cheek, got a little laugh, said, I can't give him a plus on that one because that is what you're supposed to do. And, and the way you're talking about it there, you kind of follow your guy and then pass him off and then come back again. What The way you broke it down tracked with the way Spags explained it. So I, I hope that all that all kind of gels. Yep, it does. It's interesting, just specifically to the Patriots, who we mentioned this on Weird Games, if the Chiefs lose to the Patriots, the sky is falling, and not just in the media room, the sky is falling over all of Kansas City, and it's bad news. But in a little matchup thing, Spags also mentioned the Patriots and their two tight ends, Hunter Henry and Mike Kosecki. If you have a guy who has to be on the field because of injury and usage and you want to get him some more reps in Shamari Connor, you've got a a team that does run some two tight end sets and has two tight ends they like to get the ball to. This this actually seems like it ends up being kind of a nice matchup opportunity for Connor. Does that that also track with you? It does. Where he struggles, or at least where he did a little bit in college and where you can kind of see it on his film a little bit, um, if you look at his numbers, you know, his three cone and, and that kind of stuff. He's not a, like a really fluid change of direction guy. And that's one of the things that I think prevents him from being a corner. Um, that's uh, less of an issue if you've got explosion, which he does. Um, you, he's got really good burst. It's kind of like almost like a Rasheed Rice equivalent thing where those first 10, 15 yards just like really, they accelerates really well, really comfortably. Well, when you're covering tight ends who aren't, you know, Travis Kelsey, you're not going to get that same change of direction stuff necessarily. You know, you're following someone up the seam. You are, and they might they might be good at it. They might have good, but he can accelerate with that, and he's got the length to defend it too. So it's definitely an ideal team if you've got a guy that you're comfortable playing man or zone on those guys. It, it only gets harder for rookies, generally speaking, after the first game though, because that right now Bill Belichick is looking at things on film that I will never pick up in a million billion years, no matter how long I do this. And is saying, that's a weakness this guy has that we're going to try to pick at. And then can you, it's kind of like um, uh, the pass rushers of the Bills. They were trying to beat Wanya Morris inside a little bit more because that change of direction is a bit of a struggle for him. Um, and so this will be, the, it really is, that first step is so huge, but the second step is just as important. I just don't know why you think this Bill Belichick fellow is going to be able to pick on some tendencies of a young defender. I, I don't know. Um, in fairness, though, I mean, the Patriots offense is a disaster. So Belichick will see things. Will Bailey Zappi do anything about it? That we can all find out together on Sunday. Again, if you want to see all the things we just talked about, check out the Chiefs in the North newsletter, mnchiefsfan.substack.com, and check out what Seth had to say and what he had to write and what he had to show about Shamari Connor. In the meantime, we'll hopefully talk to you again on Monday after a Chiefs win over the Patriots, because if not, I can make no promises about what this entire network would be like on Monday. All right, thanks to our friends over at Only Weird Games. Talk about Shamari Connor, a promising rookie coming off a really strong performance. Hopefully we see him continue to rise. That is going to do it for five things here on KC Sports Network. Thank you all so much for listening, watching, supporting all of our shows at KC Sports Network. Everybody you just heard, you know, you're going to be able to hear them across KC Sports Network on all their shows. Make sure you're checking them out. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, all that good stuff. Leave a five-star review if you feel so inclined. We appreciate the support. The support. Hopefully you enjoy Chiefs, Patriots, and hopefully the Chiefs get back on track. We'll catch you later. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.